Our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from John's gospel. From John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. John 13, 31 through 35. Where our Lord shares these words with us. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so I now say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. During this Advent season, we're using the beloved hymn, O Holy Night, as kind of our theme uh, for this season. Each week we're looking at a different verse from the hymn, and we're talking about it. And we're letting that kind of be the, uh, be the guiding force behind each, each week's sermon. Today's line is going to be, uh, truly has taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. I'm a rule follower. I may not act like it. I may not look like it. Uh, I talk a big game, but at the end of the day, I'm a rule follower. I'm going to do what's expected of me. I'm going to, now, I'm going to find the line, and I'm going to go up to the line, and I'm going I'm to peek over the line. I'm going to see what's on the other side of the line. I'm going I'm to kind of look what's on the other side of the line. I'm, I may even drop a few stones over there. I may get my, 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 tiptoe, my, my tippy toes past the line. But ultimately, I'm a rule follower. That's just kind of how I am. That's kind of how I was raised. I, I'm a believer in rules, believer in uh, believer in, 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 in regulations. I mean, believer in systems. You know, I, I like structure. That's the word. I like structure. I'm a believer in structure. I like for things to be structured. Now, I, I tell staff all the time and tell others, um, if there's no rules, you can't make exceptions. So I'm not opposed to making exceptions to the rules sometimes. But by and large, my default policy is to follow the rules. I, I'm a rule follower and a rule keeper. I'm, I'm a believer in following the law. Uh, I believe that as Paul tells us in the gospel, in his letters, that we should be good citizens. And we should seek to live in peace with each other. So I'm a, I'm a big, 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 big believer in following the rules. Making sure we're playing by the same rules. Making sure, making sure we're following the same structure. I'm a, I'm a huge believer and huge proponent of that. As I said, we're following along the lines of that beloved hymn this Advent season, O Holy Night. Truly he has taught us to love one another. His law is love. And his gospel is peace. His law is love. And his gospel is peace. This summer, during um, our Wednesday night Bible studies uh, online, I hope you, I hope you, I hope you have, enjoy, have been following along with our Bible studies online. Um, this semester, we, we put them up on Facebook and social media and on uh, our website every, every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. We're going to take a few weeks off uh, during this season, but um, we'll start back up early next semester. But during, during the summer, we uh, went through one of my favorite books of the Bible, and that's the book of James. James is one of my favorite 
absolute books of the Bible because James kind of James, James cuts the point, doesn't he? James doesn't play around. James is like, okay, if you're a Christian, this is what you should do. If you're a Christian, you, you want religion that's undefiled? Well, take care of widows and orphans and keep yourself unstained from the world. You, you, you want to talk about faith? Okay, cool. I have faith too, but I'm going to show you my faith by my, my works. James is talking to Christians, and James is talking to Christians who talked a lot about being a Christian, who talked a lot about living out the, the law of God, living out the love of God, and he looked for it in their lives. One of my favorite verses from James is, you believe that God is one, you do well. The devil believes. So for James, it, it isn't so much for James about saying that you're a Christian or saying that you keep the law. But your life should show it. And James has this wonderful verse within it, which talks about this verse called the royal law. And this royal law is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. This royal law truly has taught us to love one another. His law is love, his gospel is peace. Legalism is an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, legalism comes from an interesting place. You know, we're legalistic about so many things. It's interesting in our life what we become legalistic about. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing that we found out within my family how I was raised. Um, I was raised, and I don't. I think sometimes the things in our life that we become legalistic, legalistic about, or we hold to. We don't even really even know, always know where we get them from. Uh, I'll give you an example. I don't know any card games. I don't, I, the only card game I know is Uno. I don't know any games that involve playing cards. I just, I just don't. I don't know any of the rules or any of the games, even the simple ones. I, I know hearts exist. I don't know what hearts is. I, I have no idea. Because I don't know where I learned this. I, and I know I was never taught this from the pulpit, and I don't know where I picked this up, but somewhere along my early childhood, I either heard or I internalized or someone told me that Christians don't play cards, that, that we're not supposed to play cards. So somewhere along my life, I heard that, and I internalized it, and I thought, well, I'm a Christian, so I can't play cards. So I, I don't know any card games. I think we would all agree that being a Christian is more than playing cards or not playing cards. But somewhere, somewhere along the way, I'd heard and I'd internalized, but like I said, probably not even from my preacher, probably not from my parents, but I'd heard that and I'd internalized it, that Christians don't play cards. So I didn't know any card games because I was very, very legalistic. I was very legalistic in that. The law says it. Christians say it, so we shouldn't do it. Legalism starts from a good place. Legalism starts from a desire to follow and keep the commands of God. That's a good thing. Following and keeping the commands of God is a very good thing. We should want to do that. We should want to follow God's commands. We should want to follow God's laws. We should want to obey what God says to obey. Now think about the Pharisees. The Pharisees were actually, they meant well. 
Their desire was for the people of God to keep the old covenant, to keep the covenant, because in days of past, they did not keep the covenant, and they got in trouble for it. So the Pharisees says, okay, guys, this time we're keeping the covenant. No matter what happens, we're going to keep the covenant. Their desire was to honor and please God. Their desire was to keep the law that God had taught them. That was a good thing. That was a good thing. So when we're legalistic, that actually comes from a, a good place, I believe. It comes from a place of wanting to um, glorify God, of wanting to keep God's law, of wanting to keep God's commandments. That's a good thing. We're all legalistic about something, aren't we? I am, you are, we all are. We're all legalistic about something. Like I said, for the longest part of my life, I was legalistic about playing cards. That was just what I thought we were supposed to do or not do. What if we were legalistic about keeping what James called the royal law? What if we were legalistic about love? What if we were legalistic about keeping Jesus Christ's command to love our neighbor? We can be legalistic about so many things in our life. But what if we were legalistic about keeping that command about God? What if that was the command that we worried about keeping? For Jesus, he tells us today, tells us in the passage that we read, that this is his command for us. Let me read it to you again. He says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus tells us to love each other, but he tells us to love each other as he has loved us. He tells us to love each other as he has loved us. And so that's, that's the interesting thing. So let's, let's take a moment and look and see how Jesus loved us. So if we are, we're in John 13 in this passage today. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens in John 13 if we back up a few verses earlier. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Now, it's interesting if you look at what's happening when he washed their feet. He goes to wash their feet, and Peter says, oh, Lord, you shall not wash my feet. And Jesus says, well, if you don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Then Peter says, oh, Lord, well, not just my feet, then all of me. What, what, what's happening here is that the, 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 Gentile, the, the disciples have already participated in what was called a mikvah bath. A mikvah bath is a Jewish type of ceremonial washing. If you ever have the chance to go to Israel, if we ever get out of quarantine, um, and go to the Holy Land, you'll see all around these sites, you'll see mikvah baths. These were, these were uh, baths of water that, that they would walk down into, and they would wash themselves in a ritualistic fashion. Some scholars think that's what John the Baptist was doing, was a form of this mikvah bath. Anyway, Peter and the other disciples and Jesus had washed themselves ceremonially to participate in the Passover feast. So they had already taken a bath. So that's when Peter says, Lord, not just my feet, but all of me. And Jesus says, you have no need of this. You've already taken a bath. So Jesus, when he washes their feet, what, his act of washing their feet wasn't 
you know this, but it wasn't about literally washing their feet. It was about service. He says, you've seen me do this, and you're to do this for each other. Jesus tells them to love each other. And by their love for each other, the world will know that his disciples. And he had actually modeled for these disciples what that love looked like just a few moments earlier. This love that Jesus was modeling, this love that Jesus was commanding that his disciples have and keep was not an emotional, ooey-gooey, warm, fuzzy type of love. Jesus is not talking about a love that is emotion in the same sense we think of it. But Jesus is talking about a love that is action. He's talking about a love that is loving action. It's action, not emotion. For him, his law is loving action. Not emotion. Not emotion. But his law is loving action. And that is how we're supposed to love each other. So as we enter into this Christmas season, we're getting close, y'all. It's almost Christmas time. As we enter into this Christmas season, what would it look like? What would it look like if we were to love each other as Christ loved us? What would it look like if we were to love our families in the same way that Christ loved us? Once again, not this love of not this love of emotion, but this love of loving action, the love of washing the feet of the disciples, the law, the, the, the love of laying down your life for your father, your friends as Jesus was fixing to do. What would it look like if we were to love our families in the same way? That Jesus loves us. What would it look like if we were to love our friends in the same way that Jesus loved us? I think one of the things that um, C.S. Lewis talks a lot about friendship in his wonderful book, The Four Loves. And I think one of the things that um, COVID has taken from us is this notion of friendship. Let's think about where your your friends. You typically, I, I think. We find our friends among our hobbies, if you will. Like you find your friends at work. You find your friends among the things that you do. Well, most of us, we aren't really able to do that right now, are we? We aren't really able to go to, I mean, concerts or ball games or things like that. So we, we, I think our friendships are impacted. It's difficult to be with our friends right now, isn't it? And I think a lot of us are lonely because of that. I know I miss, I miss not really seeing my friends. We have family, yes. But there's something sweet There's something tender about the love of a friend. Do we act on that love? You may remember that when we first started COVID, one of the things I encouraged you to do was to check on three people a day. A phone call, a text, a letter, a note, something, an email. The rule of three. Check on three people a day. I think right now, as we draw close to Christmas, I I think we need that now more than ever. I think we need that now more than ever. We need people to check on us. 
And we need to check on each other. We're, we're called to love in loving action. Not just emotion. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. What, what would it mean to love our enemies like that? That's, that's a harder one, y'all. To love our enemies in that same way? I think one of the reasons why Jesus commands us to love our enemies is because if we don't love our enemies, if we only hate our distrust, our enemies, we've locked ourselves in a cage. We've locked ourselves in a prison. And the only path forward is to love. And sometimes the first action of love is forgiveness toward your enemies. Sometimes we can't love our enemies because we haven't forgiven our enemies. I, I read a quote one day, it's hard to love somebody you, you feel superior to. I think that's right. We're called to love our enemies. And that's hard. Because the first step to loving is forgiving. And that's hard. But it's our only path forward to freedom, y'all. Our path to freedom only comes from forgiving our enemies. I'll never forget one time I asked my mama about my biological father. Remember, this is the, the man who killed her daughter, my birth mother, my mama Sarah. I asked her one time, I said, Mama, do you hate him? Now, remember, this is the man who killed her daughter in cold blood. I asked her, do you hate him? I said, no, Andy. If I hate him, he wins. That's the first step to loving our enemies. Is to let go of the thing that makes them our enemies. And that's hard work, y'all. And that takes a lifetime. But that's the only way we're free. What is it like for us to love the world? <laughs> you know, to love folks outside of our circle. To love the world. Because Christ died for the world. What does it look like to love the world? What does it look like to, 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 to do good for other people? What does it look like to let the lady in front of you at Walmart? Or what does it look like to let somebody out in front of traffic? What is, I know these are little things that don't, we don't think add up to much, but they do. What if each one of us lived out loving action each day of our life? What would the world look like if we lived out loving action right now? In a world cold, in a world hard, in a world mean, in a world that's unforgiving, what would it look like if we lived out loving action towards everyone we met? That's the path to freedom, y'all. For us and for them to live out loving action universally. But notice he says something in this passage today. He says, he's talking to the disciples. He says, I give you this new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, it's interesting. Some often, you've, I've heard this before, 
You know, we say, well, you know, he says that they will know we're his disciples, not by our theology or not by our worship styles, or not by all this, but by our love, which is right. They will know we are Christians by our love is what the old gospel song says. That's right. They will not know we're Christians by our theology or by our worship styles, but they'll know we're Christians by our love. So some of you are worshiping online right now. Some of you are worshiping and driving and at the same time. They'll know we're Christians by our love. But notice what Jesus says here, that we love one another. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the early church. He's talking to us. Why would the world want to be part of us as all we do is fuss and fight? As fellow believers, y'all, we've got to love each other. Regardless of theological differences. Regardless of stuff like that. We've got to love. I don't think we've got to agree. He's not saying here they'll know you're my disciples by how you agree with each other. He's not calling us to agree. But he's saying they will know you're my disciples by your love. We're called to love each other. And y'all, what does it say to a divided world if we as Christians can disagree with each other, can have disagreements, can, can have severe disagreements, can really be upset with each other? What does it say if we can have these disagreements but yet still love each other. That's what our world needs. Because right now for our world, if we disagree with each other, we can't be in relationship with each other. Well, the gospel tells us, no, that's not the way this works. If we are Christ's body, his church, even if we disagree, we can love each other. What an example that, was, that sets to our world, y'all. When we love each other in that way. Truly has told us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. What if we were legalist for love? What if we were legalistic for love as we were for everything else under creation? What would the world look like? This week we're going to, at times, battle with our legalism. Maybe we should give in to this one, though. Maybe we should be legalist for keeping the royal law. The law of love. Today, friends, let's desire to keep all of God's commands. But let's strive above all else to keep this new commandment that Jesus has given to us today. Let's pray.